You are listening to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. My name is Megan. And I'm Jen. And we are two boss babes sharing our journey and inspiring you along the way. We are both in the wedding industry. I'm a photographer and videographer and Jen is a mobile bartender. And today we are talking all about making your business legal, forming an LLC, getting official, all the way from starting until making money and giving yourself a paycheck. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic, but can we also talk about the weather outside today? Yes! We are in Connecticut, as most of you know, and it's officially spring. It's officially warm weather. The grass is finally like blooming. Is that the word I look for for growing? Green. (laughs) It's green. It's green. Just like driving around town has been so amazing. Not going to lie. Our daffodils are popping. I have them all over my yard and I love it. And we're doing an event together on Thursday, this coming Thursday. Um, If you're listening to this, it had already passed, but I'm so pumped that we're doing it together too. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait. I'm photographing it and Jen is organizing it, but you have two or three, four girls on the team. Yeah. Two of my girls will be bartending. So this is actually my first event that I will be at that I'm not bartending, but I'm still there. You get to see it from the guest perspective. Kind of fun. Yes. No pressure to my girls. You're going to do amazing. I'm (laughs) excited, but I'm really excited to see my business unfold with me not being behind the bar. Yeah. And it's cool because it's a networking event too. Yep. It's not like for, for strangers or for potential clients. It's like other vendors. And I mean, guest tickets, of course. My mom will be there. But Shout out my mom too <laughs> and my grandma. Shout out. Oh. But yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive into forming an LLC. Um, this is something that we had no experience on. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when you first start your business, you have no clue what you're doing and that's okay. And we had no clue what we were doing. We still have no clue sometimes, but forming an LLC is very important for your business. And I feel like you have to figure out what route you want to go on for your business and not saying you have to do this in your first year of business. Um, I did. Did you start your first year as an LLC? Um, no. So I started accepting clients and accepting money in 2021 and registered in 2022 at the start of the new year. And now we're into 2023. So, so I think that's probably where our businesses differ a little bit. I'm serving alcohol. So for mine, I have much more liability than I think a lot of businesses in general. So I definitely had to do things the right way from the get go because alcohol is just such Mm -hmm. a touchy subject. So for me, I did start my LLC right away. Um, We'll dive into steps and how to do that. But I think the first process is really creating a business plan. Mm -hmm. And this is very interesting, but Megan and I totally differ in this. So I did not have a written business plan. I had a bunch of ideas in my head. I had a Pinterest board. I had lots of things I wanted to do, But I never actually wrote it down, which clearly is my life because I just have everything in my brain and don't do a good job in putting it down on paper and really having it black and white. It's kind of, I think that's my creative side that I need to Mm. do better on, which is fine. Whatever works for everyone that this is what works for me. And I had all these ideas, but I kind of wrote them down let me also preference but I didn't have like a a full business plan I had goals I had ideas and I had a long-term vision that I wanted for this business and that totally changed which is okay but I did not write it down black and white so I don't recommend that do you want to talk about yours because I know yours is different I wrote it down black and white every tiny little detail from what cameras I had and what I wanted to get what my goals were 
all the way down to what client management system I wanted, how I wanted to deliver my pictures, how many pictures I wanted to include in each package, my pricing, like I had everything figured out and written down every single point. So if somebody read it, they would be able to understand it perfectly. Kind of like when you were in science class and you had to write like a lab report Mm -hmm. when you were like, like, like say, say you were making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you write down every single detail. I got the bag from the pantry. I opened up the bag of bread, took the bread out of the bag of bread. Then I got a knife and then I put the knife in the peanut butter jar. But like, where did the peanut butter jar come from? You got it from the pantry. So I just all of, of those little steps. Did the chicken come before the egg? I'm dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I love what you, that. What do you think? Oh God, I don't know. I think the chicken probably came first kind of like a mule you know how like a mule is between like a donkey and a horse but how did the chicken come probably like that like maybe like two different birds got together like a a turkey and a (laughs) maybe quail dying right now but i love that i love that you put everything down because yeah eventually i did that and i i look back and i wish i kind of but also this is also where our businesses differ. Mobile bars really weren't a thing. I had nothing to really go off of versus, you know, there were mobile bars in other areas, but I had really no like tools at my fingertips to say, this is how a mobile bar business should be run. Right. There wasn't really a role model for you to look up to. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. But versus like me, everybody and their mom and grandma is a photographer. Or, you know, it's it's a very saturated industry. So so do you feel that you needed to be black and white? And I wouldn't say perfectionist, but do you feel mm. that you needed to be a little more precise because you had such a saturated market and you wanted Maybe. to really stand out in it? Maybe that was part of it. Honestly, I'm not quite sure. I think that's just my personality. Mm. I think that's just who I am. I, I like to have everything written down. And like if I were to give the piece of paper to somebody and they write it all, they would know exactly what was in my head each each and every bullet point to a T. I love that because if you so. knew what was in my head, oh my God, you'd probably run. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> but I, I think that that's okay. I think it's okay to run your business in different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think you just have to figure out what your business plan is. You have to have some type of plan, whether mm-hmm. it's in your head, on paper, whatever it may be, um, which I did. I, I, I think I'm portraying myself as this like scatterbrain, which that's not what it is at all. I think I had everything in my head. I just didn't write it on paper. So the reason why I wrote it all on paper was because I wanted to know what my life could look like. And I I wrote down what my dream was to be a full-time photographer. I didn't know it was weddings at the time, but I knew that I wanted to be a full-time photographer. And I was like, okay, if I can make that happen, this is how much money I need to make. And if I'm making that much money, this is how much I can charge per event. And if that's the case, how many events do I need to do? And then I kind of backtracked from that. And I was like, so if I want to go part-time at my job and part-time in photography, then what's this cut in half? And then I did it that way and then kind of worked things backwards. So I was like, I'll start now as a side hustle and I can charge $50 per session and I can do one session a month. (laughs) And then next year I'll go part-time and charge this much. And then the year after that I'll go full-time and I can be able to charge this much and do however many events and I just totally blew past that and quit my job and went full-time so take it all with a grain of salt but that kind of helped me plan things out in my head because it made me feel more prepared and more able to actually quit my job because I had written down every subscription I would need what each subscription would cost what my cost of doing would business would be 
and the gear that I was trying to get and I had everything like budgeted and accounted for. I think that's also where we differ a little because I kind of had my back against the wall when I started my business because I was in the pandemic. It was, I was furloughed from my job, so I didn't have an income, which is why I started this business. And I probably may have done things differently, but the outcome might not have been the same. I feel Mm -hmm. like because I was pushed up against a wall and had to figure it out, it really pushed me to figure things out. And I love something that you said, like in the, you just said, you know, your long-term goal was to be a full-time photographer. And I didn't really have a long-term goal for this business because again, I was kind of just figuring it all out along the way. But now my long-term goal is to be able to enjoy my family and I'm doing that already and I'm spending so much more time. So I feel like a business plan, yes, can be black and white, but it can also be your personal plans. Like your business is your personal life. So I feel like you have to relate the two together Do you agree? I do. Well, because as a business owner, you're kind of a one-man band. Mm -hmm. And so your business is your entire life. I mean, you need to not let it be your entire life and enjoy your family, like you said. Um, But at the end of the day, like, you're the one running your business. And so it it is your life. Mm -hmm. And I think the two just go so hand in hand. So either way, if you write it down on paper or you don't, figure it out. Do your research. Look at other people in in your industry, unless you're starting something totally new, um, and see what they do, what client management system they use, how much they charge for their services, and see how you can compare and how you want to do things differently. Um, So do your research on all of those kinds of things. You can figure out what your cost of doing business is. And then once you get to that point, you can start to do model model calls or give away some of your products, kind of narrow down um your services so that you can better prepare yourself for when you have a paying client or customer did you do that did you do any free events or like parties for family yep yep I so my first event I think I charged her $350 and I very quickly learned how much work goes into running a mobile bar business um, let alone the stress and the headache of making sure you have to have everything, but just logistically, financially, um, you know, all the things that you have to do, like setting up an LLC or the website and all the fees that come in. So obviously I cannot charge that for your, each event. Your grocery bill per yeah. event. Yes, exactly. I mean, exactly. Ice. Yeah. So funny. We like joke mobile bars at the end of the season, like all of our receipts are ice. It's hilarious. Um, There should be like a whole tax category just for ice. Um, But absolutely, I think that is so important to your business is to do, that's how you're marketing yourself. You know, word of mouth is by far one of the number one benefits to your business because people are experiencing you hand firsthand and they get to really give someone else the experience that they got. Mm -hmm. And yes, we did a whole episode on social media and as good as social media is, having that someone be like I saw this mobile bar or I saw this photographer and I love her you have to work with her yep because if you're getting a referral from a friend they're 10 times more likely to actually book with you than somebody a stranger found you on Instagram they're they might ghost you they might end up going with somebody else just because all of their options are wide open but if you're getting a referral from a friend that you trust and they're like I trust Jen the vintage horse you need to have her they're 10 times my, more likely to book than yep. stranger on the internet. So. 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, and then to get into kind of like starting your actual name and business. So I'm so excited to talk about this because I am living proof of 
an error. So when I first started my business, I don't know if you know this. No. I think you might know this, but you'll you'll hear it in a second. Okay. So when I first started my business, people joke, like, how did you come up with the name The Vintage Horse? And I literally tell them it was available on Instagram. And I, I'm not kidding. That's literally one reason why. Because I, I also loved, I knew I had a horse trailer. I love everything yeah, vintage. It kind of just like yeah. flowed very nicely. Um, but I posted the vintage horse. I started my Instagram. Um, there was nobody else on Facebook with it. And I think those were the two things that I started focusing on. Again, I thought this was going to be a hobby. I did not think this was going to be what it was today. And I posted it on Facebook and my husband's aunt messaged me and she's been an entrepreneur her whole life. She messaged me. She goes, you need to buy your GoDaddy domain right now. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, she's like, it's $11. You need to get it because if you don't get it, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't even know what this is going to be. Like, I literally thought I was just going to like make some money until I got my job back and we would go from there. Well, I put the vintage horse out there. And again, it was available for $11. I think it was like $10.99 and to get the vintage horse.com domain. And somebody bought it before I could. So I went back in to go buy it weeks later, like maybe three weeks later, like not even that long. And it says it was $2,500 just to reach out to someone That's to potentially sucks. get it. And I might not have even gotten it. So I don't know if if anyone knows, but my website is the vintage horses with an S.com. So I do not have the vintage horse, which I'm very sad about, but it is what it is. I joke that this was before I had a second trailer, but I'm like, mm. I'm going to have multiple trailers and I'll be the vintage horses. So that's where that came oh. in. Oh, but are you thinking about changing your, your name then no. to be with the S? No, it'll always be the vintage horse. Cause I just feel like that flows better. Um, but I am a little bummed at, yeah. you know, when, when people search. So oh. anyway, going back to find your name, but also find your domain because your domain is going to be the backbone of your business. It's going to be your website. It's going to be anywhere where people can, find you is going to be basically on your search engine this is actually why i i waited to register my business actually um wasn't so much because of anything financial or i just was lazy or anything it was because i knew that i wanted to change my name and i figured ah i might as well change my name at the start of the new year and register my business then Mm -hmm. um so that was my push for that and why i didn't do it right away um but i think there's and don't quote me on this, but I think there's like a $12,000 limit or something. Like you can, before you have to register your business, like okay. legally oh, you have to. Got it. Yeah. I, but I think you're fine and it can be considered a hobby or something if it's like $12,000 or less of your income for the year or something like that. And I had exceeded that and I was like, ee! and I told my, I should probably should not be saying this on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> But my tax accountant was like, you shouldn't have told me that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, then you did the right thing. So but okay. I registered my business and I reported all of it. So, but um, anyway. We're good now. We're good now. But, but it, no, I yeah. think it's, yeah, I definitely think it's very important to get your ducks in a row because, yeah. but also, again, you never know and, and things happen and you can figure out a way to move forward from there. I think that's what this is also yeah. all about. But definitely, um with social media the way it is today make sure that you get your social media domain your website Mm -hmm. domain um 
and you know and and have that be your brand the start of your brand like have back to a business plan like maybe you don't have a black and white business plan but you have a a business name and again that can change down the road if you and you can do a doing business ads you could do a dba even if you've registered your business already and you're watching this video and you're like yeah i should rebrand you can you can change your name and still file under your old business name and just have a dba yep sorry to cut you off but no no that's okay want to interject (laughs) no i love that i love that i think that's yeah it's important to know that it's okay to change too Mm -hmm. um i think rebranding is a a big thing we Megan and I were just talking about this like it's okay to rebrand your business if you need to if you feel like that's what's going to help you grow because you're growing as a person yeah so is your business it's okay to rebrand yourself yeah I um, mean I changed from photography to imagery because now I'm doing video too so yeah. sometimes just a little thing like that can make a big difference in the whole like context of your and I feel like it brand. makes you feel better too you feel like you're growing yeah and your business is growing and yeah so all good things. Um, do we want to go briefly into taxes? I know we're going to do like a full, <laughs> a full thing. Um, but keep track of all of your expenses. We just, prior to this, Megan and I were chatting on what is considered a write-off. And we're not going to go into that today because we're going to have a whole episode. But if you're talking about your business in a social setting or some, you know, if you're having dinner with a potential client or a local vendor that is also going to be helping your business grow, technically and this is not legal because I am not a legal tax person but that's considered working with your business and that is considered a write-off so do your research and see what really is but more things than you think aren't are considered write-offs I just learned this about 10 minutes ago so (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're all learning new things and I'm really excited we're gonna have a financial expert on pretty soon and we have a lot of questions for her and I'm gonna ask her what is the definition of a tax write-off and I'm very excited to hear her answer so me too um But yeah. keep track of everything. You know, whether you think it's an expense or not, you can talk to your, to your accountant, to your tax person, and um, but just keep track of everything. I think that's something that I probably lacked, still do, hmm. um, in the early stages of my business, and I think I could have been much more organized with keeping track of my expenses a little bit better. Um, we'll talk in a little bit about you know setting up a bank account just for your business, but I did not. Do, I guess we could dive into that. Yeah, we could do should, that now. Should we dive into yeah, that? Yeah, go ahead. So. Legally, um, once you start your LLC, um, I guess let's talk about LLC first. Okay. We'll go in order that we had written down, yes. I guess. But <laughs> maybe shooting back a little bit to like keeping track of all of your expenses. I kept track of all of my expenses from day one like and my mileage, and it was very helpful. Even though I wasn't a registered business yet, I still, like to this day, like I know exactly how much money I have made minus cash because I don't count my cash, but... I know how much I my business has made even before I was a registered business. So like looking in my QuickBooks account and seeing like the all-time trend because you can look at it monthly, yearly, weekly, or all-time. I can see my accurate all-time how much money I've made. And so I think that's at least cool for you to see. Um, and then you know if you hit that 12,000 mark also because I knew that I hit that 12,000 mark because I was keeping track of everything and if you don't keep track of it and maybe you get audited or something like and you just weren't the wiser like you just didn't know like mm-hmm. that that's really scary but all your mileage too you can write off your mileage and um some like payments and stuff for your car maybe even too like oil changes and stuff so mm-hmm. that's very valuable to do like from the get-go even if you're not registered you don't have to be registered to keep track of your gas no and 
truly figure out what you can and can't write off. And I, I really think that I didn't understand what I could write off in the beginning. And you also don't want to write off everything because you want your business to show that you're making revenue as well. But you do want to take advantage of the tax write-offs when when tax season comes in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so figure out, you know, it, there are different ways to run your business. One is an LLC, one is a sole proprietor, and one is a scorp. What is, what's the last one? Um, S-corp. S-corp or a C-corporation. Yes. Um, and they all just file differently with your taxes and they all, they each like have their own benefit and downfall. They like mean different things, but we are both LLCs because it protects your personal versus your business assets. So if anybody were to sue Megan Ann Imagery, um, if I like tipped over a wedding cake or something at somebody's wedding, God forbid, I'm clumsy, but um, if somebody sued me for that, they would not be able to take my car or anything that is a personal asset they would only be able to go after me for like my gear and that was something that was very important to me especially dealing with alcohol and and we'll get into insurance Mm -hmm. after but that was important to me when I first started my business because I have a house I have a mortgage I have I have assets to my family and my name and I wanted to make sure that at the end of the day you know, even if you have the best lawyer in the world, they're going to, they could find everything, but it takes a lot more time to reach you if you have an LLC to touch any of your personal assets. So if someone, again, were to sue the vintage horse, they're suing the vintage horse, they're not suing Jen Milano. So that is very important to have that separation where if, if you weren't an LLC, potentially you could lose anything that is legal to you, your house, your car, your whatever it may be. Um, I don't know a ton about sole proprietor and an S corporation or C corporation. So I don't really even know if like that is strictly only an LLC thing. One of those might also have that, but I'm just going off my dad's advice. He uh, runs his own business and he was like, you should be an LLC because I am. Um, so that's what I did. (laughs) And I, but do your research on that because one might have a better benefit than that to you than, than this, but And also, Megan and I did this in two different ways. So I actually hired someone to do my LLC. It was, I think it was like 350 bucks. Um, I found a local lawyer to Connecticut and he really did the paperwork for me because I was dealing with alcohol and because I was dealing with, you know, more liability than most companies. I wanted to make sure that it was done the right way. And again, if you know me, I don't read directions. I don't read things. My husband jokes all the time. He literally is like, how did you put this together? I was like, I looked at the pictures. Like I don't (laughs) read step by step. So I needed someone to do that for me. Um, But you can, as Megan can kind of talk Mm -hmm. about, you can do your LLC on your own right online. Yep. So we'll go through all the steps now. I I wrote it down. It's on the wall. So I'm squinting, but um, it's like five or six steps. So it's not very complicated, but it is overwhelming. It's a lot to think about. And it stressed me out a lot. I wanted to reach out to somebody and pay somebody to do it. But, you know, I I was 19, barely. And I think I had just had my birthday. So I was like basically 18 and just didn't really know what was going on. So new to this world, like the business world. And um, I just didn't even really know who to reach out to. Like, I didn't even know how to find somebody like that. How to Google it. Shout out to it. my mom. She helped me. Ugh. Not going to lie. My goodness. <laughs> Like my dad, when he formed his LLC, it was, I think before I was born or I'm maybe have been like a toddler or something. So like he didn't really remember either. And like my grandfather had helped him and I can't ask him. He's not around anymore. So it's, it was just kind of like, I didn't know what else to do besides do it by myself. So I just did it by myself. And I, 
I just did the research. I just kept Googling how to form an LLC, watched a bunch of YouTube videos, talked to my tax accountant, got his advice on things, and this is how I did it. So step one, file to become an LLC. So this is your certificate of organization. So we both live in Connecticut. So if you go to just ct.gov, you should be able to find it. You can file almost everything on your state's government website. So all of my sales taxes, quarterly sales taxes, and all of these payments and things you can probably do on your state's government website. So that's where I filed it there. Um, I think I had to pay, um, I had to pay something for it, but I don't remember how much it was. I don't think it was expensive. I want to say it was like a hundred dollars or less. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it would be. Yeah. I should have looked into that a little bit more before we did this, but well, but every state it's might escaping be different me. too. So every state is different, and also being an LLC versus a sole proprietor or whatever you're going to go with, they are all different. So, mm-hmm. just in the state of Connecticut, I think it was about a hundred dollars or less, and I just filled out a form online, gave my address, um, my name, my business name. Um, I think that was pretty much it. I don't think I needed anything else more than that in a check so did that um and then the next step is to get your employer identification number so your ein number um and the reason why you need this is because you have to file your taxes with this number because technically now you are your own employer Mm -hmm. and so you need to have a number to file your taxes and to also open up a bank account because it's not going to be a personal account it's going to be set up totally differently and you need to be able to be considered as a business to your bank so you need your EIN number so that's a whole other form that you have to fill out and in Connecticut it's called an a reg one reg one I don't know (laughs) this is just what I googled and what I did and I'm pretty sure I did everything correctly um knowing you you did everything correctly okay thanks (laughs) also I'm going to interrupt you for one second but this is another important thing is to have your own bank account for your business. This was something mm. I did not do my first year in business. And I do wish I did it because I think it would have just set myself up much easier. Um, I did not have a bank. Well, I guess I did. I didn't have a debit card. So I wasn't using, I was using my personal card for business supplies. I was going back and forth. It was a hot mess. So definitely don't recommend doing that. <laughs> I recommend everything that you have to do with your business is on one card. Um, it could be a debit card. It could be, you know, your checking card, whatever it may be, but only use that card for things for your business because the end of the year tax season, it's just going to make your life so much easier. Plus you'll know all of your expenses for the year. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be emergencies where you have to use something. So just keep the receipt for that. Yeah. But I think it's very important just to have one account that has all your funds in and out and it makes your life much easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then your personal life doesn't encroach in your, is that the right way to say that? Doesn't encroach in your business life. Um, yeah, it separates everything. So like I can go out to coffee with another photographer and write it off. As a tax Megan didn't know this. I'm yelling at her. With my business bank account instead of my personal account and just totally separate your life. So mm-hmm. like when you're on the clock, you're spending with your business and not with your personal account. And it just, yeah, it just totally separates your life, sets a boundary for you in your business to be like, I have my boss hat on versus at the end of the night and you're going grocery shopping, you have your, you know, yep, 
person yeah you're, no, you're, I totally it's agree. your personal life and i feel like it's very like motivational for yourself you mm-hmm. you have a business card you're, yeah i was so excited na- when i got it in the mail me too that was like the best thing it said the vintage tour summit card it was like i'm official yeah i am official yeah because i mean your certificate of organization like yeah, they send you a nice piece of paper, I guess. You could print it out and pay, like put it on the wall, but like but what do you when do? you tie money to something like a debit card that you can swipe, I just feel like that yeah. it, it it motivates me. Yeah. Knowing that I can use that card and there's money on it that I got myself, like it's just so rewarding. Yep. So all right, tangent that we <laughs> that I go and I I recommend and- um having a business savings too. Do you have mm-hmm. a savings account for your business? <sighs> I don't. Mine doesn't really have a lot in it, but <laughs> So we had talked about this earlier and one of my things this year, and I know we're going to talk about paying yourself, but I, I, I did a few trainings this year and one of them was 10% of your business should go towards, I don't know if it was 10% towards savings, but 10% should go towards marketing, mm-hmm. save, whatever it may be. So I, my goal, every event that comes in, I'm trying, and again, my official business season has, but I've been booking for the year since mm-hmm. January, even last year. Um, but my goal is to put 10% of each booking away. I'm going to try. We're going to say, um, but now, you know, having a second trailer, having a, another stream of income and having to pay more people and things like that. Like, and I never know when the trailer is going to break down or when I'm going to need to renovate it or when I don't even want to say bad things, but something could happen. Yep. And if I don't have a savings account to fall back on, Mm -hmm. That's the downfall. Yeah. An emergency fund for your yep. business. You yep. have one for your personal life. You need to have yep. one for your business too. Exactly. Exactly. So I have, I have a savings account for my business and a checking account, but I, there was just the money in it that I put in when I set up the account. Um, so I put a little bit money, a little bit of money in my checking account and my savings account when I opened them both. And then I just let my savings account sit there. So it is collecting interest, but not even on that much money. So it's just so kind of there. That, but. Because I used to love when I was in corporate, I would have direct deposit to my checking account Yeah, and I would have direct deposit to different savings account in my personal life. And I feel like that's something I'm struggling with. And I would love to hear like your, how you do yeah. this. So do you, if you are going to, enhance your savings account are you personally transferring yourself do you have like a scheduled date where you transfer x amount of money to that account yes so within my bank app because the app that i the, the bank that i have has an app um and i use who do you use i use wells fargo okay i use bank of america okay i'm sure i don't know anything too. i don't <laughs> I, I, I don't know really a lot about stocks money banks i really don't know anything oh, but i already had wills fargo and had a fine experience with exactly them personally my, yeah and i was like eh, i so guess i'll just bank, open my bank yeah. account here so but it's it's nice that way because having my business banking account and my personal banking account i can see all of it in just the one app i don't have to sign in or sign out or switch my accounts or different bank apps or anything like that so i have started giving myself a paycheck but it's just a scheduled transfer. So, so yes, oh, so I you can schedule them. Yeah. So That's I have it scheduled in Wells, in the Wells Fargo app. I have, um, a monthly paycheck the first of every month and it will just the first of every month that's just the date that i set and it will repeat on the first of every month the same amount of money and it's very easy to go in and change the amount too so as busy season kicks off and i spend more on gas and Mm -hmm. all these things i'll probably increase my pay because i'm going to be doing more work and doing more stuff and going out more um but i do the same with my savings account so 
when I was working at the retirement home, I had the same thing. I had a direct deposit come through to my, you know, personal accounts. And um, I had like 5% of my paycheck go to my savings and then like 95 go to my regular. And just so that I don't, it would just like go over my head. Like I yep. wouldn't, you wouldn't from know the start. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that it was there because I hadn't had a paycheck from them before. So I was just like, I'll do that. And I wish that I had done this at the start because then I would have had the same experience with my business, like having 5% or like $50 a month or something like that. Like I wouldn't have even known, but now that I'm doing that, it kind of like in my mind, I'm like, I feel like I'm making less, but like I'm saving more. Yep. So it's worth it. But yeah, I just have a scheduled transfer to Love answer that. your question. Love <laughs> that. Um, okay. So but do you want to finish the last steps of? Sure. Sure. So the first step was your certificate Let's of organization. Start, yeah, I, I start from the beginning. Okay. Next one is to get your EIN number. Um, the next step. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to read it. Uh, my eyes are not very good, though I am wearing my glasses. Um, you need to open up your business bank account. So figure out what bank you want to use. If you want to use the same bank as your personal account, go for it. I highly recommend that. Um, um, the next step is checking in with your town. So this might differ for different small businesses if you're opening up a bakery or if you're doing just online, you know, like a candle shop or something like that versus us. Like we don't have a home office at all. Um, and you know, our work is on the road sort of. So it's a different ball game in terms of like zoning, but I still have to pay like personal property taxes to my town and business property taxes to my town. So, and I, since I have a trailer, like I have to pay taxes on my trailer too. Mm, so you yeah. just have to find out like what, um, you know, tax brackets that you need to also pay yearly. Um, and just make sure that you keep up to date on that as well. Yeah. And each town is going to go by totally differently mm -hmm. like I had no idea that I had to pay taxes on my business assets that I've already bought to my town every year like my cameras and my laptops and everything like I have to pay to my town every year taxes just because I own them and I live in town I was I was so upset when I found that out <laughs> I got a letter in the mail and they were like asking me to send the money and I like sent I like showed it to my dad I was like is this a scam is this oh, real that's another thing too oh my god there's yeah we should talk lot, about that yeah really mm. quickly there's a lot of scams that you will get and just make sure it's coming from a dot gov like no matter mm -hmm. what it is and they it, they can hide things it's like everything looks so legit and then you turn it around it's like this is not a government Mm -hmm. written letter or you you see that it was sent from like florida yep. or something not your state yeah 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 make sure because i i almost paid i think it was like 250 dollars because it looked like a, a tax it it looks so legit and i brought it to my tax guy i like sent him an email and i was like what is this is this legit he's like no that's a scam and the back of it said this is not a government letter or whatever it may be but like there was a government seal on it there was like everything else was government except for and I probably didn't look at where it was coming from it may have been from not Connecticut um which it probably was but yeah just so be scary that stuff yeah so scary I used to get them all the time and now I just kind of get them to my email uh, yep yep and if you get some in your email unless like for example it, I'm coming up on my yearly um like uh I don't know it, my yearly LLC renewal. That's yep. what it is. Yep. And is that for everyone in Connecticut? I think. March 31st was like the deadline. 
I don't know what the deadline was. Okay. I don't remember that. But I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got an email about it and I, I didn't know about that either until yeah. my dad was like, did you pay this yet? And I was like, yeah. another one. <laughs> I literally had to text Megan and I was like, is this real? Is this a scam? What is this? Yeah. My dad had just given me the bad news. So <laughs> <laughs> it was 80 bucks, but it was literally, we had to pay $80. And again, I don't know if this is state by state, but we had to pay $80 just to confirm our business and our name and our email. Mm-hmm. Scam. it's like it to, wasn't a scam it was real but yeah it's like to re-up your llc for yeah. the year or something i don't know about the other kinds though if like sole proprietor i'm sure they do it's probably just a different amount yep yeah but um and then the next one that we want to talk about is insurance and i'll mm. start with that because my insurance is probably much greater take it away um okay so for insurance when i first started again i keep referencing that i did not know what this business was going to be so I secretly and horribly, and I probably shouldn't put this on the internet, but I only had liability. General liability was all I had for my business. And I quickly realized that that was so bad, so poor for my business. So I have um, liquor and general liability. So for my first few events, I did not have it. But you live and you learn. I did not know that I needed it. I didn't know what I needed. So um, it is very important to make sure that you have the right insurance for your business. Um, also, if you are a vendor and you're going on site to different venues, you're going to need your certificate of insurance. So it's called your yeah, certificate yep. of insurance. Yep. COI is the short name that most venues will use. Um, even at homes, different, you know, even if it's a private home, they may ask you for your COI. Mm-hmm. So in order for to have that, you have to have your general liability insurance, which I think is standard across the board. Um, we're actually doing an event on Thursday and we, as the venue, we required everyone to have their COI for the event. Basically what that means is you're adding yourself and your business Um, or I'm sorry, you're adding the venue as additionally insured to your business. So basically if something were to happen, you're covered, they're covered. It's kind of like a partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very important to have that because two reasons. One, you're covering yourself. You're covering yourself on your insurance. If someone were, I'm going to use my business as an example, if someone were to trip and fall over an extension cord that I had plugged into my trailer and they broke their leg, I can't afford their medical bills. So that's why I have insurance. Um, I have a $2 million umbrella, which is what my policy is. Um, I pay, I think about almost a thousand dollars a year. So it is a significant income or a significant amount, but you have to do that. Mm -hmm. That is non-negotiable for your business. Um, whether you're just starting, you're there later, it's something that you need to have for your business. And for somebody, I mean, your trailer, I'm sure costs a lot more than all of my year combined. Probably. I mean, probably, probably not. Because um, mine's pretty similar. Mine's pro- mine's also a thousand dollars a year. So when it's you probably, said that, I was yeah. like, hmm. But I mean, if you you have but, more product, like I have my one trailer, right? But that's really all I have personally, yeah. like assets to my business. Like across the board, it might be about the same. Yeah, because I have. I mean, you have so two many. computers, a bunch mm-hmm. of hard drives, two almost three camera bodies. Yeah. I have it. I have like every single thing insured, like my two hundred dollar backpack. Mm-hmm these headphones mike like all like everything that i own i wrote down in a list and called my dad's insurance company everything i just did everything that my dad did um i just used the same people and i called them up on the phone because again i didn't know what i was looking for i didn't know who to reach out to i didn't know what i needed i did a lot of my own research to find out like how to run my business but all of this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is like it was harder for me to find online 
So I called them up and I explained to them what my business was and they just told me what they thought that I needed. So I didn't say, hey, I want general liability. I want this. All I said was, I'm starting a wedding photography business. This is how expensive all my gear is. And I gave them like an itemized list of what everything costs so that they'd be able to, I don't know, figure out what my insurance would need to be in case somebody stole my camera backpack at a wedding what they would need, what I would need to cover that. And I think that that's so important to utilize the insurance company because they're the professionals. So ask them, mm-hmm. ask, say, I have no clue what I'm doing. That's what they're there for. A yeah. New entrepreneur and ask them. That is literally what you are paying them for. You know, you're paying the thousand dollars a year because you want to do the right thing and they're going to help you do the right thing. So don't feel bad about asking, you know, and do your research too. There's for me, it was a little bit harder because I needed liquor liability and not all insurance companies provide that. So mm-hmm. I had to find one that not only provided it, but also provided it in the state of Connecticut. So for me, it's much different, um, but all across the board, every state is going to be different. So you just have to find what works for your business, what works in that specific state, um, and then ask the professional for their advice because yep. then you'll you'll be doing things the right way. Yep. And then you want to talk about pay your taxes and sales tax. We kind of talked about this, but yeah, that's the last step. So I mean, starting an LLC and getting more organized and official with your business, it's really only like five or six steps. So it sounds very complicated, but you file, you get your tax number, you open a bank account, you get your insurance and you pay your taxes. That's it. And then every year, every, every quarter you have to pay your sales tax. But, um, and again, that's just on the government website. I just pay my quarterly sales tax on ct.gov. They send me an email and they're like, your quarterly sales tax is due. And I just click the link and I go into my QuickBooks and I go from, you know, you can set dates in QuickBooks. So I go from the first of the month to the last of the month. And I say, okay, this is my income for the month, put it in. And it tells me how much I owe in taxes. And that's about it. Yep. Um, And also don't let these five steps deter you from starting an LLC. Yeah. We we struggled in the beginning, but now it's a walk in the park. We just know what we're doing (laughs) and know what we have to pay. Um, But don't let that stop you from starting an LLC. It sounds overwhelming. It sounds scary, but it's really not. It's it's just you're learning something that you've never had to do before, which is everything in this business Mm -hmm. and everything is being an entrepreneur. You have to teach yourself things. And when you don't know the answers, find an expert that does. Yep. Um, you know, we, we talked about bookkeeping is not Jen's thing. So I have an expert to do that. I don't have one, but I'm going to have one. Um, but I could never do my own taxes. I have a tax guy for that. So find the person to help you along the way. Yep. And at each step, somebody will be there. I mean, somebody registered your business as an LLC. So get a lawyer to do that part, get your tax accountant to help you with your EIN number. And then your insurance people get them on the phone and they'll help you with that too. So you don't have to do everything by yourself. Somebody will be there at each step along the way for you to call and be like, I just need some help. Even people at your town, call your town clerk and they can help you with the zoning part too. So, um, yeah, people are there and they want to help. Yeah, I feel like when you hear LLC, it's very intimidating, but it's it's not something to be intimidated about. It's something to get the next steps of your business going and you have to do it. So, yeah. Another nice thing for having your business established, though this isn't necessary, is the Google business suite. So when somebody looks up, just Googles your business, it'll pop up like if you look up Chipotle or something and, you know, it comes up with like the different addresses and um, like reviews and all of that kind of stuff. That is only six dollars a month, I believe. Um, for me pay monthly but um 
that's another thing that you can set up once your business is established because it needs to be sent in the mail to you, some verification code for you to put online. So I don't think you need to be an LLC for that or have an EIN number. I think anybody can do that, but it is nice to have once you are an LLC because then you can put that in your Google Business Suite title and be like Megan Ann Imagery LLC. And it makes people feel a little bit more comfortable when they're Googling you to know that you are protected. I think that's another thing too. I think, again, my business is a little different because I am more liable for a lot of things. But if I did not, if I was not an LLC, I think in my competition was, I feel like somebody would hire me over, uh, sorry, somebody would hire them over me. So I feel like it's protecting yourself at the end of the day too. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know this about Google Your Business. I know when I first started my business, like I'm on Google though, but I don't pay anything a month. Now I'm going to have to look into this. Oh, really? blowing my mind. Um, maybe yeah. I'm paying something for nothing. Or maybe you have a free trial or something. So I I did do this in the beginning. And it's funny because I someone was joking. They're like, ask Alexa. Now everyone's going to, Alexa's going to turn off and everyone's saying if you're yeah. <laughs> saying this out loud. <laughs> um, but it was like, Google your business with Alexa. And it was like, you know, you've established yourself and Alexa knows who you are. But I had to do something on Google My Business in order for Alexa to find me. So I did something. Oh. I don't know exactly what it was, but that's interesting that you pay something monthly. Now I want to look into that. I do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Love to look into that. Um, do you want to keep going with marketing? Um, no, that was all I had to say okay. about Google. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a just the Google My Business suite. It's just very easy. I mean, it's just a way for people to write reviews about you and a nice way for people to search your business name for it to like actually pop up at the top because that will override you know just your regular website mm-hmm. if somebody looks up Megan Ann imagery that will pop up before anybody else so if somebody has like Megan Ann photo- photography or like Megan imagery or something like that something similar mm-hmm. if they type mine incorrectly like mine will come up before theirs so that's one reason why I really like it and then it also shows um, the location. So you can have it set to just your town. You can have your address visible. I do not. Um, but I have like a nice grid of like New England for people to see that like, oh, you know, she'll come to me. Um, and I am nationwide, but like I do like to have just like New England centered there. But yeah, it's not a very big step, not ne- not a necessity, but I do really like it. That's all I have to say. I think that's <laughs> important too, because... I have found a lot of my potential clients are finding me on Google. Mm. And I think that's the number one search engine. So you need to be present somehow on Google. And there's different ways that, um, you know, once you do have, and again, I don't know if this is just towards LLC, but there are back end ways where you can Google my business and it's, you have like, I do it through Gmail. And there's different ways through my Gmail in the settings where I can make sure that certain keywords, so if you're typing in Connecticut Mobile Bar, I come up. Um, And there's different like mobile bar, bartending, mobile bartending. Like there's a bunch of different keywords that you can put into your Google account that helps Google find you when they're searching for you. I did not know this. I did all of that SEO stuff with my website. So my website comes up if people are looking wedding photographer or Connecticut wedding photographer, but I did not do that with my Google suite. Do it with Google today. Oh, Jen. So yeah, you go into your settings on your personal business Google account and you, yeah, you could type and you can add, do you know how to, have you added pictures to your Google? Yeah. Okay. So it's in that, in that setting somewhere. And also when people submit reviews, they typically put my like wedding photos up within their review and then that pops up too touching on that really quickly reviews are huge oh yeah huge for your business so i 
I always ask clients after the event, please leave me a review on Google. Um, I'm now on the knot. So I'm adding, please leave if it's a wedding, Google and the knot. Um, it's very important because that's also bumping you up on the search engine. Yeah. I would still recommend Google, even if you are doing another service, because if you do decide to cancel with the knot later, later on, they won't be there. Your right. review won't be there. So actually I used to be on the knot. Um, I was on the knot when I first started my business and I'm starting a YouTube channel and I talked about this a little bit on my YouTube channel, but, um, it was very valuable, valuable for me starting out because I mean, I was 18, 19, none of my friends were getting married. Um, I live in new England, like near the city. And so just the way that life is around here, like typically people are like 30 or so, like when, when you get married. Um, and so none of my friends are getting married. Like I'm, I guess I sort of have a big family, but like nobody knew that I know I was getting married. So it was like, I didn't really have an opportunity to find my own clients. And so the knot was, the knot was kind of the way to go. And I did get a couple of clients from the knot and Zola is exactly the same, but free. Um, so, well, it's free, but it's not free. So you have, for Zola, you have, if someone puts a request in for you, you have to pay now. They changed it, I think, oh, recently. Really? I know that they had like the credits or something, but the credits would like renew within like a week or something. Oh, see, no, so, I have to, maybe my I was credits fine. are gone, but I love Zola and I actually just got on to the knot um, because I, I was very skeptical about it, but I, now I'm targeting more of the wedding yeah. market. Yeah. So also photographers and mobile bars are totally different i think for you it's going to be a totally different experience than for me to be determined to be determined i'll let you know we'll revisit (laughs) yeah we will definitely revisit this but um but yeah so networking with your business too we can kind of dive into that um again just marketing your business in general is the best thing that you can do so if you are new, if you are just starting out, networking is going to be your, we, if you haven't listened to our networking episode, definitely um, tune into that one because it's just so important for your business to be putting your name out there, letting people know about it. Um, Whether you're doing it on Google, on social media, in person, whatever it is, if you're not talking about your business, who's talking about it? And everything we're talking about right now are just ways for you to get clients, to make money, to give yourself a paycheck in the end. So this whole episode is about starting your business until giving yourself a paycheck. So this whole marketing section, like networking with other people, they are going to refer you for weddings that they're not available for or events or whatever. Um, and that's a way for you to get new clients too. So you can market on your, on your own. You can have social media on your own accounts and all of this good stuff. But networking is getting clients through other people in your industry. It's huge. And please go listen to that episode because it was so much fun to record and we had so much to share and so many cool tips of online and in-person networking at events and stuff like that. So now um, we're coming for a circle because the event is going to be this week that yeah. we are networking with other vendors and, and guests that are attending. And, and if you don't have a networking thing that you like, create one. Yep. My, my, I guess she's my co-host and I, um, Devin with All Set Up, we created this experience and thankfully Megan jumped on board with us, but we created an event because we didn't really find one that we were passionate about and we wanted to do. So we created one and it's now growing our businesses tenfold because we've created, we've met so many vendors who are going to know about our business, who had no idea about our business prior to this. Um, We're going to meet so many people at the event 
Yep. And that's how you grow your business. And even the guests too. Yep. Like my mom is going and yeah. my mom is going to see other vendors too. I mean, she's biased to me in photography because <laughs> I love photography and I talk about it all the time, but she's so excited to see your bar in action. Mm -hmm. And she's so excited to see all of the other vendors too, because you know, she's a mom and she has other mom friends who have kids and are getting married. And so she'll be able to refer all of those things that she's going to see on Thursday to all of her friends. And so it's a networking event for vendor to vendor. But like, I am so happy that you're letting like citizens, the world, like guests the world. Come. <laughs> yes. And that was definitely a big thing about this event. We wanted it to be for the vendors, but we wanted people to see the vendors in action yeah. so a, a picture Megan is going to take the most amazing pictures and Aww. I'm so excited secretly I'm so excited for my own personal pictures but <laughs> we won't go there um but it's it's all about people really seeing the vendors in action like Megan is going to be talking to people one-on-one -on -one. you know you can post stuff on social media and that's amazing but having that live interaction that we all missed for so long it's back do it like get in front of someone get out in the public get in front of your target audience because that's how you're going to book the next sale yep yep and on social media too i mean my strongest area for leads is instagram and so is yours too. Yep. tiktok is a close second and then next is facebook so social media for me you know runs my whole business i don't do the knot anymore i am on zola i mean i'm on the knot with like a free version now that i've canceled and you know all this other stuff that can help you out a little bit but like majority of my leads come from social media not even word of mouth which I think word of mouth is huge um, and I am starting to get a little bit of word of mouth now that I'm almost two years in business but social media is still my my largest stream of leads and so definitely definitely try that out and um, even for product-based businesses like that's how you're going to find your yep. your customers. And I, I always talk about this when it comes to social media. You can only fit so many people in a room. When you're on social media, you have the potential to reach so many more people. Mm -hmm. So use it to your advantage. Go to the room. Do everything that you can to promote your business. That's, that's your job. Your job is to promote your business. I'll say it again. If you're not talking about your business, who is? Because you are the one that's passionate about it. Like, Megan is one of my number one supporters and so is her mom, but they're not talking about my business all the time. That's my job to talk about my business. Mm -hmm. So you're going to meet your vendor friends. You're going to meet your, your community, but your number one job is to promote your business. And the more excited you are about your own business, the more other people are going to be excited about it too. Because if you are offering this new big thing, like I'm offering now, um, Oh, what are they called? Helps. Oh, Polaroids. Well, I was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now including two Polaroid cameras in my wedding packages for the bridal party and friends and family to just carry around throughout the day. And I'm really excited about that. I think that's such a fun addition. But like if I didn't go out saying that all the time, if I didn't continually every now and then post that on my Instagram story, like nobody's going to know that and nobody's going to be excited about that. But they're excited because I'm excited. Yep. And that could be the one thing that could have someone book you over somebody who does not offer that. Yeah. But yeah, like if you were not telling people that, how would they know? Right. Like my biggest thing is I use fresh ingredients in my cocktails. If I'm not telling people that, they're not going to know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all about talking. Yep. Um, and then last, we want to close with paychecks. Yes. Yes. So you need to figure out what your cost of doing business is to be able to figure out what your paycheck can be because you cannot take home every dollar that is given to your business. You need to be able to afford to run your business before you can pay yourself. So for you, that's a lot different. You have a cost 
for doing business at each event because you have your groceries, you have your trailer and the upkeep and all of that. So you have the ice and the ice. Ice, ice, baby. Yeah, exactly. The ice, because that's something that you need to buy for each event. Mm -hmm. And depending on how long the event is, you're going to need more ice and you're going to need a stronger cooler and all of these things. You need to figure out what is your cost of doing business per event or per product. And I, I think that was something that I did not realize starting. And again, it's all things that you learn throughout growing in your business. I never realized how expensive coolers are, but yeah. I needed multiple coolers and it, it took me to book a large event to have to do that, but I needed multiple coolers for one event. And yes, now I have the inventory of coolers, but I'm going to need new coolers every year because they get scratched and they get damaged and you know whatever it may be. But those are things that you don't think about when you first start. And that in turn goes to what do you charge? And I think that this is a whole another episode that we could talk about like how to find pricing and how to figure out pricing mm, for your business. Yeah. I think that would be actually be a really good episode. Yeah, it would. Adding that to the list. Done. Check. <laughs> um, also, f- check out our TikTok because we just posted a TikTok, Megan did, um, about questions that we want to do a Q&A session just on questions and answers that you guys have for us. So be sure to check that out, add a comment. Um, but I think it's very important to know how to price your business, knowing your expenses that you have to pay throughout the year. So I pay employees. I have to budget that into each event. I pay, um, I have to buy supplies. I have to buy fresh ingredients, which I can't use time over time. The only mm-hmm. inventory that I have that I can use for multiple events is like a can of soda if I didn't open it prior to that. But other than that, I'm really using all fresh stuff. So I had to consider that when I charge what I charge for my pricing because, yeah, I might be more expensive than someone who doesn't use fresh ingredients, but then you're not my client and that's okay. Right. So I think it's really figuring it out and that takes time, that takes practice. Um, but I think then that in turn goes, okay, then now what can you pay yourself? Mm-hmm. And so beyond the resources to run your business with what you physically actually need, the other resource that you need to pay for is all of your subscriptions to be able to get your clients to begin with. So your subscription for the not, your subscription for your website, for your domain name, for your um, your Gmail account for your for it to be like an info at versus an at Gmail like you have to pay for that. Everything in the world costs money, and you have oh, to I consider can, your can, cost of doing business in like the administrative side. In addition to like, I just want to touch on that too. Like I pay for Canva, I pay for Flowdesk that I use for my newsletter. I pay for there's so many things that I personally feel are valuable to my business that add up. Yeah. Like Canva and Flowdesk, I think I pay $15 each, but that's $30 a month Yep. plus all the other fees that I pay monthly. And you don't realize that when you first start. So your pricing needs to reflect all of those costs too, because yeah. that's the price of doing business. And some are going to be bigger than others. Like my, my Lightroom and my Premiere subscription, like, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to think about oh it? Oh like, my goodness. It's just. But, but like that's we the said, price of doing business. Yeah. And like we said last week um, in our previous episode is um, paying for your subscriptions yearly. Like if you're serious about this and you know it's going to last, mm-hmm. 
I would recommend doing all of these yearly. I pay for everything yearly besides my Google Business Suite, I guess. Maybe I'll look into that too because maybe I can be paying yearly. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do maybe and I you do. don't realize. Yeah. yeah. Um, but besides that, my Lightroom, Premiere, PickTime, Wix, like everything that I have is yearly if I can because it will save me in the long run. Also on that, I got very lucky when I – so when I started my business, I started in May. And I didn't start doing all of these things until like I think like September-ish. I think some are are different because I did do other subscriptions. So now my yearly subscription for most things come during my busiest season. So I have an mm. income. I have money coming in. If I had all these coming out in January, I would be like, oh, crap. That's fantastic so- because that's when mine comes <laughs> Because I, I registered my, my business at the, like the start of the new, the new year. It was like February 2022. So like most things are around that time. I mean, I, I was starting to accept clients prior to that. So I think like my, my Wix website, um, Lightroom I've always had. So some like HoneyBook I had early on. So some things like that, but then others, no. Like my, mm-hmm. well, my Google business is monthly for some reason. So... Anyway. I just realized I pay monthly for HoneyBook, and that's the silliest thing. Pay yearly. I know. I need to change that. 25% off your first year of HoneyBook in the description down below. <laughs> Use code. We'll yeah. Check out our code, um, yeah. but we, we love HoneyBook. Oh, my God. Swear by HoneyBook. Yeah, I absolutely I, love it. This I is could. not even paid by them. They just give out like One whenever day. you... Yeah. One day. Put Honey it in the book, universe. HoneyBook please. is going to promote us. Um, but... No, I love HoneyBook and they do give you a referral code when you reach out. So if you have a friend that's interested too, you'd be able to, you know, help them out once you have HoneyBook and you like it. So anyway, 25% off your first year of HoneyBook in the description down below. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So I think that concludes our episode on forming an LLC. I think we dove into a lot of awesome topics. I hope this was helpful to our audience because we didn't know where we were starting when we started and that's okay. It is okay not to know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, I think in conclusion, find the expert in areas. And we talk about this all the time. If you're not good at something, find someone who is. It's going to help your business, whether you have to pay for it, whether you have to ask a friend, um, but it's okay not to be perfect at everything. Nobody is. Nope. Nope. Um, and then just to recap the steps. So the first step is to file your certificate of organization. So this will mean that you are an LLC to your state. You get your certificate uh, or your certificate of organization. And then after that, you file for your reg one, which is your EIN number, your employer identification number to be able to make your business bank account and pay your taxes. So the next step is to make your bank account and get insurance with that also, because you need to have your EIN number for that, I believe also, or your LLC. Yeah. I think you need your LLC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly is to just pay your taxes and check in with your town. Um, that's it. Um, and then each year you have to obviously pay your taxes and do your property taxes and re up your LLC, um, yearly. You will get something emailed to you or in the mail saying that you are due for $80. (laughs) Um, so that's it. It's, it's really just a simple, five step or so process. Um, it sounds very scary, sounds very confusing, but hopefully this was helpful. And maybe it brought up a couple of questions for you that you can Google now and you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Um, I hope this didn't scare you more than you already were, but if it does just go make a cocktail, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) But no, truthfully, it's, you have to do things the right way in order to run a business. So if you don't know the right way, ask someone, um, 
ask us. We're happy to help with any questions. Mm-hmm. Slide into our DMs. Um, yep. But Q&A yeah. episode coming soon. We want all of your questions. Some of them might even turn into full-length episodes. So if there's something that you think we would have a valuable perspective on please let us know and we will get to it and leave us a review please yes. <laughs> reviews are so important for podcasts for learning but leave us a review tell us what you liked what you maybe don't tell us what you don't like but <laughs> tell us what you liked and what you want to hear more of because we have some really awesome episodes coming down the pike and we are getting into the start of my season actually starts this week which i'm so yes! excited about mine too actually a- is it yeah i second shot last weekend and i'm second shooting again this weekend yeah so oh that's exciting yeah. i'm like i'm ready you know we started the episode with spring is here in connecticut and the birds are chirping. That sounds so silly, but it's just <laughs> so exciting because it really shows like the start of our season, the start of our businesses, and we're ready to get going again. Yep. So I'm so excited. And we're so excited to be documenting it along the way too. This is kind of like a personal diary for us too. It is. So I love that. And um, I can't wait to capture our growth in our businesses as it happens. So Follow us on Instagram. That's yes. our, our main platform, our personal Instagrams. Follow that. Follow our podcast episodes Mm -hmm. and thanks for tuning in yeah love you guys cheers